0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونسلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وأن جابن رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال اتقوا الظلم فإن الظلم ظلمات يوم القيامة واتقوا الشح فإن الشح أهلك من كان قبلكم حملهم على أن سَفكوا دماءهم واستحل محارمهم رواه مسلم Jabir radiallahu ta'ala narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Abstain from oppression for verily oppression will constitute several layers or extreme darkness on the day of judgment and Likewise the second part of the hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Abstain from Abstain from greed As we mentioned, shuh is a higher level of miserliness. The actual prohibition which Imam Nabi, rahimahullah is discussing in this chapter is the prohibition from miserliness in every form. And ulama-i have mentioned that shuh is miserliness coupled with greed. So Rasulullah وسلم said, abstain from that. فَإِنَّ الشُّخَ أَهْلَكَ مَن كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ because this is something that destroyed the nations before you. There are certain types of sins wherein we find this type of prohibition and warning in the ahadith of Rasulullah wasallam, Where Rasulullah wasallam said, Take ibrat, take lesson, take heed, take warning from the nations of the past. Because these spiritual maladies led to the destruction of those nations. One such spiritual malady is excessive greed as we said coupled with miserliness. This is something that destroyed the nations of the past ala ansafaku dimahum It caused them or it prompted them to shed the blood of others and those things which were prohibited this caused them to render these things permissible. In other words, they made halal that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited. Also what is meant by maharimahum is what we call hurumat, those things which are sanctified in Sharia, the dignity and honor, personality of a fellow human being. This is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made sacred and we are not supposed to in any way harm this, whereas excessive greed, miserliness leads to where a person sheds the blood of others and likewise he, those things which are sanctified, which are sacred, no more barriers exist for a person who is overtaken by excessive greed. Sufficient, as we discussed quite a few ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam pertinent to this and a little bit of extra time was spent discussing this topic. Because as we mentioned previously, we find the nature of man is such that we tend to lean towards miserliness and generosity, the ability to spend that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. This is something that requires mujahada. We have to be a little bit hard on ourselves. But we find that the reward is very, very great. On the other hand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like ulama say, they say Allah's dosti, Allah's friendship with a miserly person will never ever be truly realized. Despite his ibadat, despite the excessive worship that he may make of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to gain the true closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to break down the barriers of miserliness that are there in our nature, inherently they are there, we have to make this attempt to override them. And even though our level of ibadat may not be so much, but if we are counted amongst the generous, then very, very quickly, very easily, this will draw the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will get the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this will lead to an affinity with the poor. This is why we find the next chapter, Imam Novi Rahimullah, as we mentioned, there's generally a link between the chapters. The next chapter Imam Novi Rahimullah brings Babul Ithar wal Muwasat. Ithar means to give preference to others over yourself even when you are in need. Ithar, to give preference to others, Muwasat means mutual sympathy, to empathize with the plight of others. We find that generosity will be inculcated in a person and he will be able to abstain from miserliness if he feels the plight of the poor, if he is in contact with the poor, if he is exposed to the needs of others. Unfortunately, we find that we tend to surround ourselves with people of equal financial status to ourselves or those that are on a higher plane than ourselves and this is why we are constantly looking at what others have, so we desire more and more for ourselves. The culture of Shariat, the mizaj and temperament of Shariat is to surround yourself with the poor, link and create affinity with the poor, feel their plight, feel their pain, feel their hardship. Currently, almost daily, we are being exposed with social media, etc., to the plight of our brothers and sisters in Palestine. We see what is going on in China we see what is going on in Kashmir, we see what is going on in Syria, we see throughout the world that the Muslims generally are suffering. On the one hand whilst Iman demands that we feel this pain, we feel this hurt in our hearts, we make dua for them, but it should not just be that, we should be digging deep into our pockets and whatever little we can, depending on our financial status and situation, we should freely spend upon those that are in need. One is to make dua for the plight, the other is to spend upon those that are in, in need. Obviously, the ideal would be if you could actually assist them. But obviously, circumstances being such, we are not able to assist them. But financially, reliably, if money could be sent to assist the plight of the poor throughout the world, wherever Muslims are suffering, And likewise, even in our own locality, in our own towns, whether it's Muslims, whether it's non-Muslims, we find with this pandemic that has occurred, this has created a very real need amongst the poor. So dig deep in our pockets. This is the misaj and temperament of Shariat. A Muslim does not have an ostrich mentality. A Muslim doesn't put his head in the ground and pretend like he doesn't know what's going on around him. And what is even worse is when Muslims... Become extravagant on their weddings, become extravagant in their lifestyle, become extravagant in their dressing, etc. And openly show their opulence when on our doorstep people are in poverty, people are in hunger, people are in strife, people are in difficulty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala greatly dislikes this. Allah ta'ala dislikes miserliness in any form. The highest jannat, the highest jannat, ulama say, is jannatul firdos. And Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi encouraged us, when you make dua for jannat, he said, al firdos. Don't just ask Allah for jannat. Don't just ask Allah for jannat. Ask Allah for firdos. Ask Allah for the highest jannat. This is that jannat. It's mentioned in Riwayat that from the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it, Allah sealed it off. No one can, no angel of Allah even sees this jannat. Such a jannat it is. And every day in Allah Ta'ala al Marat Izdadi Li Izdadi Allah commands this Jannat five times every day, become more beautiful, become more attractive, become more sanctified, become more opulent. Allah is making this jannat more beautiful every day five times. Now if we contextualize this, there are different estimates as to how old the universe is. Some scientists say 13.7, 14 billion, there is even one opinion, 23 billion years. If you take the conservative estimate, the universe is 14 billion years, billion years. According to this hadith, every day for the last 14 billion years, Allah has been commanding this Jannat every day five times to become more beautiful palaces are becoming more beautiful the fruit are becoming more attractive the streams the rivers, whether of wine whether of honey, whether of milk, whether of water the women of this jannat the attractions of this jannat our iman demands that we accept this, we believe in this that five times every day it's getting more and more beautiful and yet, it's mentioned in the riwayat, Allah Ta'ala when he created those. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed this jannat and said, وَعِزَّتي وَجَلَالِي وَعِزَّتي وَجَلَالِي I take an oath on my dignity and my honor. لَا يُجَاوِزُنِي فِيكِ بَخِيل I will never allow a miserly person to enter you. I will never allow a miserly person to enter firdos. There was no other deterrent. This deterrent should be sufficient. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it haram that a miserly person should interfere those. So with our ibadat, with our effort to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, actively developing this quality of generosity, abstaining from all forms of negarliness, miserliness, not feeling the plight and the hurt and the sentiment of the poor, only amassing the wealth of this world to take it with us in our qabr, where it's going to be of no benefit with us, not going to come to us with us in our qabr. Wama we we read the verses of the Quran which Imam Nawawi Rahimullah brought at the beginning of the chapter on poverty on on miserliness wherein wama man bakhil wa istaghna wa kadhba bilhusna fasanu yasiru the last part of that wama yugni anhu malu idha tardda Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran when Allah denigrates miserliness. Allah says, وَمَا عَنْهُ إِذَا When a person is falling into destruction in Jahannam, what good is his wealth now? He had the wealth in the dunya, he could have saved himself from Jahannam. He could have used that wealth to earn Jannat. He could have used that wealth by spending on the poor to get the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he failed. He failed, he hoarded the wealth. Because of miserliness. he clung on to it. He never used it. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا Now what good is his wealth to him? He left it behind. Allah gave you wealth. It doesn't mean wake up tomorrow and give everything away. No. It means gradually increase your generosity. If Allah has blessed you. Allah has given you extra. Allah has given you more than your needs. You want to put away for a raining day, أَشْيْتَانُ يَعِيدَكُمُ الْفَقْرِ That is shaitan's work. He'll always make you afraid of poverty, you're going to lose what you have, etc. So put some aside, no problem. But, clock of time is ticking, our moth is coming closer and closer. Wealth is a very, very effective tool for us to earn our akhirat. So become hard on ourselves. Like I said, I've mentioned many times, one is zakat, make sure under all circumstances our zakat is discharged. And over and above that, every day, every day try and take out some sadaqah, some charity, some spending. This will protect us from bimari, from sicknesses, it will protect our families, it will keep afat, baliyat, calamities away from us also. And this will draw the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the ummat.